Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hey, what's up? This is Damon Johnson from Black Star Riders, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Yeah. Welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal podcast, home of all things hard rock and heavy metal. I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. Now, let's get things started with the Talking Metal theme song, written by Rob Halford, Metal Mike, and Roy Z. Hey, it's Mark Striegel of Talking Metal. Thanks for listening to today's show. We have a great guest. His name is Damon Johnson. And wow, what a career this guy has had. So much great stuff he's uh, given us through the through the last two decades at least. And uh, always great to talk with Damon. He's a great guy and a guy I've respected for a long time, even before I knew him personally. So uh, Damon is here to talk about his new record and it is uh, some great stuff on this new EP that he's got out so we're going to hear all about that in just a little bit but in the meantime let's let's start the music right now this is a little Dio going back quite a ways this is Jesus Mary and the Holy Ghost
a little Ronnie James Dio there, Jesus, Mary, and the Holy Ghost. Go buy that on iTunes. Support the music that we play here on Talking Metal. Right now, let's get into a little Black Star Riders. This is Sex, Guns, and Gasoline. Little Black Star Riders featuring Damon Johnson on guitar. Our guest on today's show is, of course, Damon Johnson. So we're going to hear from Damon in just a few minutes. I did want to mention that I will be out in Las Vegas this Friday for the Guns N' Roses show. 
spent a lot of money on tickets and plane fare and hotels and whatnot, hoping that I would be at the first show since 1993 to feature Slash and Axel on the same stage. Uh, of course, I got trumped uh, because they did a surprise show at the Troubadour last Friday. So there you go. Uh, I'm still psyched to be at the, the first uh, big show, arena show, for the reunited Guns N' Roses lineup that features three of the original dudes, Axel, Duff, and Slash. It's going to be great. I cannot wait. We're going to be living it up out there. Flying in the day of Friday, going to the show. Guns N' Roses take the stage sometime after 11. Allison Chains will be taking the uh, opening slot, opening up for them, and they go on at 9.30 sharp if you are going to the the show. Uh, opening night of the arena, the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. So I will see you there. I can't wait. I'm completely psyched. Uh, yeah, and at the Troubadour show, it was pretty cool. They played two songs off of Chinese Democracy, so I can't wait to hear the Slash and Duff version of the songs, which were non-Slash and Duff tracks, uh, Guns N' Roses tracks. It's I think it's awesome, and hats off to, uh, no pun intended, to Slash for for doing, top hats off, that would be right, for doing two songs off of the great Chinese Democracy record. I really think that was an incredible record. And uh, I know Slash said when it came out, he he said he liked the record. And I know Duff, of course, has played songs off that record before on the, the short South American tour he did with, uh, with Guns N' Roses a couple years back. Can't wait to see these guys with their new uh, revamped lineup with Slash and Duff in Las Vegas this Friday night. If you're going out, send me a send me a, a text or tweet or something and let me know, and we'll hang out. We'll we'll get a drink and we'll definitely hang before the show. All right, cool. So on that note, let's get into some brand new Damon Johnson. This song is called Dead. It's off his brand new EP. Go support Damon. I'm going to have links up in today's show notes where you can buy the EP. You can also buy it right on Damon's site, which we will also link through today's show notes. Again, this song is called Dead by Damon Johnson, followed by my brand new interview with Damon. Yeah. 
Hey, it's Mark Striegel of Talking Metal, and checking in with us today, we have Damon Johnson. Damon, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, Mark. I hope you're well. Yeah, yeah. It's it's great to have you on the show. As, as you know, I've been a, a longtime fan, going way back to the Brother Kane days, and uh, just psyched about this new EP that you uh, have out and you turned me on to. Uh, five great songs, really strong songs. The EP is called Echo. Let's uh, let's start off talking about this. Uh, this is just came out recently, right? It did. I've uh, I, I decided to just uh, you know put it out, put it out on my own imprint. Uh, it, it, I feel this enthusiasm. It's like a return to my do-it-yourself days, and uh, you know I've. Uh, I feel really lucky, Mark. I've got some great people around me here. Uh, I live in Nashville now. We, my family and I moved here about three years ago. and So everything about this this new music was done here in town. The guys that, that played on it with me are from here. Uh, as you probably know, Nick Raskulinix. Um, yes. Such an amazing rock producer. He lives here also. And we worked together two years ago on uh, the Black Star Riders album, The Killer Instinct, and yeah. he just did a phenomenal job on that. And the great thing about that is it just gave us an opportunity to not only work together, but to kind of get to know each other on, on more of a personal level. So <clears throat> after that experience, um, it's like our family started hanging out. You know, take literally, man, we take our kids to Chuck E. Cheese or to the hockey game, right. <laughs> you know. So it was over one of those experiences that he very um, just kind of randomly one day he said, hey, man, if you've got any songs, um, you know, we should talk about getting you in the studio and, and maybe tracking some stuff. And, and that's what started the whole thing. Now, when when you say studio, what what kind of what kind of studio does does he have there? I know now. I know he was involved with with Dave Grohl working on stuff. Does he have some of that old Sound City gear in the studio? Yeah, I don't know to what extent. I know there's definitely some outboard gear that he has, you know. Uh, as you saw in the movie, of course, Dave got the console. He got right. the old need, the old need board. But uh, Nick bought a, a really amazing SSL desk, and he's put it into a room that is effectively like uh, one of several studios in a bigger complex. Uh, out in what is technically called Franklin, uh, which is uh, more of a suburb of Nashville. But, um, you know, man, it's cool. It's like definitely a clubhouse vibe in there. It's not super big and ambient. It's tight, but, you know, he's got all of his great uh, guitar amps, man. He's just got a smorgasbord of insane-sounding guitar amps and speaker cabinets, and he's got a lot of great guitars and, and, you know, everything you need. The drum room is absolutely adequate and and just right so you know i mean he's had everyone you can imagine out there and this studio is out in the woods mark it's right. uh if you saw it you'd you'd go that's it it's right, like yeah right. uh, rush was here corn was just there like a month ago wow uh you know you had the allison chains guys out there 
um, uh, Apocalyptica did their record last year there, Mastodon, you know, the list goes on and yeah. on. Yeah, Ghost, a few years back, did a great yeah, record there. Yeah, it's a great great record he made with Ghost. Of course, The Killer Instinct by Black Star Riders that you did with him, just great stuff. Now, the you know, the songwriting on, on the Echo EP is great, but it's also th- that rich sound, uh, which I know Nick is known for delivering. Do, does he record on tape, or is it all like a digital thing? How, how does it work? No, he's definitely, you know, man, he's working on Pro Tools like anybody with any, um, I mean, now, man, it's just good, smart common sense to use it, uh, right. you know, because it just makes the process so much easier. Clearly, that was the appeal for him to work with me. He got a real taste of my musicality and my instincts in the studio when we did the Black Star Writers record together. So he knew that if we were going to go in and do five songs, it wasn't going to take up, you know, six weeks out of his life. I mean, we, we tracked everything pretty much in about seven days total. And, um, you know, cause I brought in great guys, you know, my rhythm section is fantastic. And who are they? And, well, the, uh, the drummer is a guy named Jared Pope. Jared and I worked together, ironically, in my country band that I was in back in 2007 called Whiskey Falls. <clears throat> He's originally from Bakersfield, California. But we used to talk a lot about records that we loved and bands that we loved. And he was certainly familiar with my work with Brother Kane. And I just remember we would sound check a lot and just jam on stuff. And I said, man, one of these days we're going we're gonna to play some rock and roll together. So he also made the transition to Nashville a few years ago. So really wanted to try and you know work with him at some point. Uh, the bass player is named Tony Nagy. And Tony's a little more of a Nashville staple. He's he's from Kentucky and, you know, has worked in and out of Nashville for, for decades. And he's played with a lot of Americana artists, a lot of country artists, but he's truly like a, he's almost like a jazz fusion head bass player. I mean, he can play everything from Primus to King Crimson to, you know, Jocko Pastorius. But, right. uh, you know, he can also plug into an Ampeg SVT bass amp and and make it sound like geezer butler and that that's what you hear more of on on my record he's just such a phenomenal player right on and you know again the the songwriting process uh just uh, the songwriting in general i just think is really strong but let's talk about the songwriting process are are these songs that you 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 had sitting around or do you you know when nick says hey let's let's do a record did, did you just kind of cook up the songs when you got the cue from him or are they things that had been sitting in the vault for a while? These were definitely, these were definitely songs, Mark, that have been sitting in the vault. Right. And I've never, I, I have to give my wife some credit on that because she was the one that almost used that same term, the vault. I think for me, sometimes it's like if I'm writing or working with some particular uh, musicians or collaborating you know, if we don't do something with it right then, if it's not for a, a band that we're in, like Slave to the System, or, you know, if we're not writing for uh, an Alice Cooper record, um, I tend to sort of forget about it, Mark. Yeah. And I just move on, you know, into the next phase or, you know, whoever I'm touring with or, or whatever. So my wife, Linda, was like, hey, you know, because I told her about Nick's conversation. He said, hey, man, we should go and record. And she's like, Damon, you've got to you've got a, a stack of material, you know, quality songs that you should at least revisit some of them. So the one thing I made a conscious effort to do, Mark, was 
I didn't play Nick any old demos. What I did was I picked about 10, 11 songs, and I worked them up on the acoustic guitar, even as heavy as some of these songs are on the EP. I wanted him to make his assessment of the songs based on the strength of the song, you know, the lyric, the melodies, the arrangement, that kind of thing. So um, that's, that's, he said, yeah, man, I like these five. These are the five I feel like we should cut, you know, first. Let's do these, let's focus on these, and, and then we'll, you know, revisit some more songs later. So um, he, he did an incredible job, and there's not one song that he didn't kind of turn the arrangement upside down, and we tried several things. I think, um, I think The Waiting Kills Me and Great song. The, song, the song called Scars, those are pretty consistent with the, the original arrangement. But uh, there's a song called Nobody Using yeah. that was a part of a project I did about 10 years ago called The Motor Belly. And it also was kind of an EP and we kind of spit out six songs. It was me and a, a longtime friend and we just had a blast writing these songs. Well, that was the one song that I sang. My friend sang the other material and I always loved that song and I love, you know, you know I, I brought it out to Nick and I said, hey, this needs something else. I don't know what, but I've always dug this song. So uh, it was Nick's. It was Nick's encouragement to. Uh, we came up with a new verse. I wrote some new melodies and and added some lyrics to it. So uh, it's just he's incredible. I just I can't I can't state what a contribution. I can't overstate how important his contribution was to this thing. Cool. No, the first song on the EP is is dead. What's that lyric in there about Krispy Kreme? My one of my favorite <laughs> foods ever. I, I just want to clarify that lyric. <laughs> I'm so stoked that you caught that, my friend. Um, I wrote that song with Kelly Gray. Kelly and I, as you know, worked together. Uh, he produced the Wishpool album for Billy Kane. We right. did the Slate to the System project together. We had a batch of songs that we had always thought we might do a second Slaves record with. And Dad was one of those, Mark. And I'll never forget standing there with him. He had his flying V on, and we were at this drop D tuning, and we're just rocking out. And it almost sounded like this weird mesh between like a Stone song and, and T Rex or something. I don't know. So I was just kind of in a kind of goofy frame of mind, and I just spit that lyric out for the verse. And I said, Dead at the Krispy Kreme, nowhere to hide. Yeah. And uh, he laughed. He goes, Oh, that's awesome. I said, I can't say that. He goes, You absolutely can say that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Good I'm stuff. glad you dig it. Yeah. Now, so there, this is up on Spotify, it's on iTunes, um, all the normal digital distribution outlets. Uh, for downloading and streaming, but what about a hard copy of this CD? Is that available? The physical copy is absolutely available, Mark, and it is uh, it is findable and and purchasable on my website right now. Just cool. DamonJohnson.com. It's the first thing you see when you click on the site. It sends you right to the store, um, and you know right now, man, I'm hand signing everything and. And, uh, you know, we're just mailing them out to people. And it's been very overwhelming, the reaction I've gotten just by putting it out on my own social media. And, uh, you know, certainly the Black Star Writers fan base, the Brother Kane fans out there, they've really spoken up, man. And I've uh, we've been sending these uh, mailers with the disc in it 
everywhere, man. South America, Japan, Australia. Cool. Uh, all over the world. It's, uh, it's and really incredible. Slightly different sound and style than what you do with Black Star uh, Riders, which is cool and, and refreshing. And, uh, you know, fans of that band should definitely check it out. And, and I think the old school Brother Kane fans are going to like this a lot, too. So it's uh, great stuff. Well, thank you for that, Mark. I'm really proud of it. And, you know, I have to give a lot of credit to my bandmates and Black Star Riders. They're the ones that, it, that have encouraged me the most and, you know, been the most supportive for this cool. thing. Ricky especially, you know, he knows my background as, as a singer and, and a writer as well. So uh, I definitely, that, as I keep telling my family, you know, even my, my parents, they're like, well, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing now? Is this another band? I'm like, no, <laughs> right. this is my 10-year plan. I'm going to be in Black Star Riders, and I'm going to put out music as Damon Johnson. And, and that's, cool. it. That's, that's enough to keep busy with now you mentioned ricky uh and you and and ricky are going to be going out on a tour of of europe starting on april 29th i believe now do you guys play at the same time you play together or is it is it is it two sets he does a set you do a set or are you both up there kind of rocking out at the same time we play everything together mark um a couple of years ago we had some time off between legs of of the first black star riders tour on, on the All Hell Breaks Loose album. And he just, uh, he reached out to a couple of his friends in the UK and, and was able to book two or three acoustic shows. Well, I had nothing else to do. He said, hey man, you want to come? You know, get up and sit in. Well, we had such a blast. We had such a great time doing that. And it really gave him a sense, gave him an opportunity to see how comfortable I am in that setting as he is as well. Uh, we've both done literally hundreds of solo acoustic dates, you know, over the last decade or more. So, man, you get us both on stage together, playing together. It's a different energy, Mark. Right. Um, it's I can't even fully explain it. And, you know, it's like we bring the same intensity and heavier dynamic that we bring to Black Star Riders. I mean, yes, we're on acoustic guitars, but, you know, there's no song from either of our catalogs that we can't play. We play the Almighty. We play Motorhead covers. We do in, uh, all the Lizzie and Black Star Riders. We're doing Brother Kane. And, you know, we never do the same set twice, ever. Cool. We might open with the same one or two songs just to kind of warm up and, and set the tone. And then we just start pulling songs out of, out of the air and taking requests and whatever. So we had a real successful run of that last September in the U.K., and uh, then we had some promoters reach out from the broader parts of Europe and uh, wanted to hear us as well. So um, what a great, you know, what a great thing, man. It's just so much fun. I'm really Sounds looking like forward fun, to yeah. it. It's, a, it's the perfect kind of, it's almost like a go between, between uh, both of our solo albums that we've put out the first part of the year. And then Excellent. we'll be back in the studio in August here in Nashville with Nick. Oh, okay to do the third black star riders record. yeah that's one of the questions i got on my my sheet here where will nick be working with you on the on the third black star riders album and the answer is yes wow that's great exciting stuff there um thank you now you mentioned motorhead mickey d of course uh, known for playing with motorhead for a long long time he's going to be going out and doing some shows with you under the thin lizzie banner if you will and uh wanted to just ask you how that all came about where you know mickey d from and how he ended up uh 
being brought on board to do these Thin Lizzy shows that are that are coming up? We've always felt like Mickey was part of our family. We have um, kind of a unique group of people in our camp in Black Star Riders. Our manager, Adam Parsons, uh, and Ace Trump, both of them, they had worked with Motorhead. Um, I want to say the time frame of that was probably around 2007, 8, and 9, somewhere in there. And, you know, they were very involved with kind of helping Motorhead get reestablished. And um, as you know, man, they were they were just kind of at their peak. Right. When Lemmy passed away, they were, the fan base had grown, and they were doing so well, certainly with the festivals and things like that. <clears throat> so, uh, man, anytime Thin Lizzy or Black Star Riders has played in Sweden, where Mickey lives, he's always there, man. And, you know, Mickey has, he's a lot like me, really, in the in the fact that, interviews he's given his whole career he always talks about his deep love of thin lizzy the songs the riffs the lyrics the energy everything right and and brian downey is without a question you know in mickey's top drum influences of, of his life so um because of that connection with our management and certainly he knows all of us in the band i mean ricky and scott have been friends with mickey for you know for decades so um it just made sense it made a lot of sense, you know, when Scott decided he wanted to do a handful of dates this year to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Jailbreak. And as you know, it's it's 30 years since Phil passed away. So, um, you know, nothing intense, nothing crazy. Just, uh, you know, there was a lot of interest from the promoters, particularly as, as BSR is on a break this year. Right, so cool. The, the, ti- the timing of all that worked out really well. So there was no thought of of bringing Jimmy in to do the 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 Thin Lizzy stuff. You kind of keeping that the whole two things well, separate. Well, look, we we, cer- we certainly thought about it, you know, because Jimmy's our brother and yeah. he's one of the greatest drummers on the planet. Oh, absolutely. But yes, like you said, we felt, uh, you know, band and management. We all felt it was important to differentiate between the two. Um, because there is a difference now. You know, now yeah. we've got, you know, now BSR's got two quality records under his belt. Um, I'm not going to say that we're going to stop playing Thin Lizzy material, you know, ever. But I can assure you, man, when the third record comes out, I wouldn't see them there being more than two or three Thin Lizzy songs in the set. Yeah. Uh, you know, going forward. Not because we don't love it, not because we don't, it, I mean, it's, you know, Ben Lizzie changed our lives, man. Certainly mm-hmm. Ricky and myself and, and, and Scott. So, um, but we're just proud, man. We're so proud of BSR and the fact that we've been able to kind of build something, um, in, in the face of all odds, Mark. Right. I mean, you, you can imagine the conversations we've had with friends, family, even people in the business, you know, three years ago, and they're like, you're going to do what? You're going to not be Thin Lizzy. You're going to come out with a new name and write new music. You guys are crazy. Right. You're crazy. This is this is going to be too hard. And uh, somehow, man, we've, we've stuck it out and, and made it happen. So this is a great thing for Scott. It's a great thing for Thin Lizzy and for the fan base. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. Really looking forward to it. Absolutely. And who who will be playing bass uh, with, that, with Thin Lizzy? We are preparing to make a grand announcement literally next week. Oh, okay. And it's going to surprise you. Mm. It's going to surprise everyone. Wow. And uh, I'm still kind of uh, pinching myself over it. 
So it's a name we'll all recognize, most likely. You will absolutely recognize the name, Mark. I assure you, you've got more than two of this guy's records in your collection, maybe more than five or six, like I do. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be pretty cool. And the only reason we haven't announced sooner is that we weren't sure if the logistics were going to work out and if everybody's schedules were going to line up. That's the other tough thing about this as far as bringing in, you know, guest players to be in Thin Lizzy is everybody's so busy. Um, Yeah. You know, when the word got out that that, that we were going to do this, man, it it was mind blowing. The the players and and musicians whose names were um, not only brought up on our end, but guys reaching out to us. And I mean, it just runs the gamut, man. Classic rock, modern rock, uh, 80s, 90s. You know, you name it, man. Okay. Um, we we were even having some really thorough discussions with Duff McKagan, and then. Some other band he used to be in decided they were going to yeah. <laughs> reunite this year. So uh, wow. we told him we, we told him we understood. Uh, you know, okay. Well, I'm, you got my curiosity peaked. I'm I have like thinking of all different names going through my head right now. Uh, but we will see. I guess next week an announcement coming on that. Cool. And and how far along is the the next Black Star Riders record, the third record? Mark, I'm really happy to report that we've we've taken some big strides already. Ricky and I got together back in January, knowing how busy this year was going to be for all of us individually. We wanted to get a get a jump start, so we've got about 12 songs right now, and nice. much like we did on the first two albums, you know, we we want to overwrite. We want to write as many as we can. Uh, I gotta imagine we'll have at least another 20. You know, a total of 20 songs to pick from. Um, and, you know, that, that's another tip of the hat to Nick. I mean, he wouldn't have it any other way. He's um, He literally called me a couple of days ago, and we were I was celebrating the release of my EP and just sharing with him the reaction and, you know, just the, the good energy that it's generating. And he didn't want to talk about that. He was like, all right, where are we on these Black Star Riders songs? <laughs> he... Uh, he knows, man. It's an important record for us. We uh, we really uh, stepped it up on the on the Killer Instinct, and uh, it would be great for the band and everything that that we've set for goals for ourselves to take an equal step up with the next album. And that it won't necessarily be an easy task. So that's why we want to be very diligent about coming up with as much new material as possible. Cool. Cool. I'm looking forward to hearing that. And, uh, you know, I'm a gear guy. I play guitar and uh, just always love your sound, not only in the studio, but live. And I wanted to ask you, what's your basic setup live? My basic setup live uh, is, is centered around my Wizard amplifiers. I started working with Wizard about 20 years ago. And, you know, Wizard amps are not, they're not, they're not hot rotted marshals. They're more like marshals with military grade components. Okay. You know, everything's everything's just um, the technology is a little pure, a little more pure. And you know, man, look if you're if you're a big assembly line company, you can't afford to put high end power transformers in there and high end tube sockets and that type of thing. Right. But that's the kind of amps that Rick builds at Wizard. So I've had. For the last five years, starting with my final tour with Alice Cooper in 2011, I'm running a 50-watt vintage classic 
along with a 100-watt modern classic. And I don't switch between them, Mark. I run them both at the same time. So they create a blend that's... Uh, I really love it, man. I love the way it sounds on stage. All the audio guys that, that are mixing uh, any of the bands that I'm in, you know, they, they love having the flexibility to kind of work both microphones. We did a little bit of that in the studio with Nick, but, man, that guy's got so many ridiculous amps that, uh, you know, we were just mixing and matching. But uh, without a question, man, the the Wizard is the is the heartbeat of my life sound. And, and primarily more- Gibson's going into that? Yeah, man, Gibson's Gibson's and ESPs. I've ESPs got uh, I've I've been working with ESPs now for over ten years, and they've made a couple of great guitars for me, yeah. man. They're that are as good as anything uh, I, I have in my collection. Without a doubt, I've been a Gibson guy my whole career, and uh, you know, starting in my early bands in the club days, I you know, getting that first Les Paul was just a dream guitar. So. I kind of elevated that and Brother Kane, and, and uh, you know, through the years, I've picked up two or three more. Um, I just had the custom shop. I ordered one from the custom shop last year, and um, you may have even seen a couple pictures of it, man. It's a candy apple green, right? and uh, there's not another one like it on the planet, and I love it so cool. much, man. It's a, it's a 57 reissue, and it just sounds incredible. Every everybody that's heard it, uh, Nick included. I played it a lot on the EP. He was he was really blown away with how great it sounded. So, um, nice. I'm a Les Paul man for sure. Excellent. Well, before we let you go, I, I just uh, kind of one non music question for you. When you're you know you do so much touring and recording in the studio, what, what what's life like for you when you're not out on the road? Is it is it a really different vibe for you? And, and what do you what do you do? I mean, I'm sure you're doing songwriting and practicing and stuff. But what what else do you, takes up time in your life when you're not doing the music thing full time? Well, without question, man, I mean, the biggest joy in my life is my family. Right. Uh, I've got older kids that are all, they're out of college now, you know, and, and living their own lives. But uh, Linda and I have two small kids. Uh, Jolene is seven and Gabriel is 11. And without a doubt, man, uh, they, they are all consuming. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, we do a lot of things together, uh, be it school-related, sports-related, um, you know, we try to just go and visit our extended family. Unfortunately, we don't have, you know, my parents or her parents don't live here in town, so we've either got to drive to Michigan to see her folks or uh, uh, my dad lives down near Atlanta and my mom still lives up in North Alabama. But we're not, you know, we're not too far. Right. I uh, I still try to engage my golf Jones. That oh, cool. was uh, further grown with my time with Coop, man. Yeah. I. Uh, I tell you what, I miss playing those songs of his, but I really miss the golf, Mark. <laughs> we, played, we played, we played so much golf. It didn't matter if we had a show day or not, man. That guy's going to play, and he was so gracious to uh, to take me every day. He he always included me in that. So, every day, uh, really. He'd he'd hit the course most days. Every day, Mark. Every day. It, wow. It, you know, you know, you go. Oh yeah, we play every day, and people go. Oh yeah, you probably play a couple times a week. No. Yeah. No, every, every day. single day. There wow. was a couple of times, man. We we kept up with it. I think you know we do like thirteen in a row. I think the the most we ever played in a row was something like twenty one. We oh did twenty one days in a row. I mean, to yeah. where I started getting like kind of burned out. Like, yeah. you know what, man? I'm gonna I'm gonna skip today. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna sleep in. <laughs> so, is you think his golf is he's obsessive with it? It sounds like. Oh, listen, man, if he were on this phone with us right now, he'd tell you, as he has in many interviews, he, he replaced his substance addiction, you know, with with something 
not not quite so unhealthy. Right. And sure. you know, his Cheryl, his wife is so incredible, you know, and she uh she's she's very supportive of of uh, of all of that and you know, but I know Coop is a lot like me, man. When we are home, you know, we've still got music to write, we've got business stuff to take care of and and the family surely wants to enjoy having you there. So uh it's it's not beyond me, man, to get up and kind of look for that sheet of notes on the kitchen table that my wife has. Like, all right, here's your projects <laughs> for today. Right, right. Uh, let me know how they work out. So uh, <laughs> there's never a shortage of stuff to do around here, for cool. sure. Well, Damon, it's always great talking to you, and we encourage all the Talking Metal listeners to check out Damon Johnson's new EP. It's called Echo, and we'll have uh, links up to your site through our show notes on TalkingMetal.com for today's episode. And yeah, man, hope to see you soon in person. Mark, you're the best. Thanks, dude. Thank you. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, man. All right. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. You too. Thanks. Okay. See you. you just heard was nobody using by damon johnson big news huh so i guess thin lizzie is coming back and damon will be a part of that lineup as he has been for a while now and they're gonna have mickey d of uh, you know king diamond and motorhead fame on on drums and then they're also gonna have a major star on bass i know who it is i'm not gonna tell i'm not telling anybody Damon, uh, after the interview, he sent me an email. He's like, call me back. I'll tell you who it is. It's a major dude, guys. This is very exciting. It's uh, from a big 
big band. We all have their records. Everyone, probably even your sister and maybe even your mom, have records by these guys. And uh, this this bass player is from that band, that big band, and he's going to be a part of Thin Lizzy on these upcoming dates. So very exciting stuff. I can't wait until they announce that. You guys will be very excited to hear um, who it is. So there you go. And thanks for the little tease there on that, Damon. This is a little Skid Row. This song is called Ghost. I feel the things I said But never said how I felt I know I waited much too long going back a while 
Skid Row, their first record without Sebastian Bach. It was called Thick Skin. That song written by Bolin, Sabo, and Johnson. Damon Johnson, that is, doing a little songwriting with Skid Row on that song. Ghost. Go buy it on iTunes. And, yeah, and definitely check out Damon's new EP. Go buy the hard copy off his website. It's called Echo Echo Echoes. Wow, that was weird. I'm going to leave that in. Uh, that was some weird glitch in my garage band, and I just thought that was really crazy because I said the word echoes, and some uh, bug in the system started uh, started echoing. So, yeah, that was a, a weird technical slip-up there. Leaving the leaving that in, but leaving the blooper in because I just think that's fucking cool. I say echoes, and then suddenly it starts echoing. All right, so anyways, yeah, whatever. Let's keep going here. So... I mentioned Guns N' Roses doing some Chinese democracy stuff. Let's hear the song Better off of Chinese Democracy by Guns N' Roses. Shells! 
All right, guys, it's going to do it for today. Support Talking Metal by going to our website, TalkingMetal.com, checking out the show notes. I got some some uh, a shot of uh, a Ricky and, and Damon and myself from Black Star Riders that I took back uh, probably a year or so ago, a little over that, actually. And uh, that's up on the site. You can see that. I was taken in some hotel, I forgot the name of it, in Midtown Manhattan in one evening when I interviewed uh, Damon for the first time along with Ricky. I thought the coolest thing about that interview was I got there and Ricky offered me a beer. You don't usually show up to interviews and people offer you a beer, but that was very cool. Black Star Riders, one of the really, truly great rock bands putting out original material nowadays, uh, new original material. And if you don't know Black Star Riders, do yourself a favor and pick up their records. Uh, both of the records are good, but you know, why don't you start with the last one? It's called The Killer Instinct. It's great stuff. And again, thanks to Damon Johnson for joining us. Always fun to talk with him. This is uh, old school Damon Johnson. He's uh, he's doing vocals on this too. It sounds he's got a great voice. You know, he doesn't sing with Black Star Riders. It does some of the harmonies and stuff. But uh, and his old band, Brother Kane, he did uh, handle the lead vocals. And this is just an excellent song. It's called "And Fools Shine On." Love this tune. All right, dudes. We'll talk to you next time. Stay tuned. I may throw another podcast up later this week. I got uh, Max Cavalera's son. I recently did an interview with him, so I might I might throw that up uh, before I head out to Vegas for the the guns show shows. We'll see. All right. Support Talking Metal. Go to our our website and use the Amazon links to link over to Amazon and make your purchase. Go over to Amazon and buy Damon Johnson's new CD using our Amazon link.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.